0: But if you would, let's go ahead and get into the Word of God this morning. Um, If I had not got to meet you, hopefully I'll get to meet you. Go to Psalms 91. And Pastor has been doing a great job ministering about our position and the secret place. And I'd like to start in Psalms 91. And this morning, I would like in our position dwelling in the presence of the Most High, that in this place, not only do we learn how important prayer is, and not only do we learn, um, I didn't do that, on purpose anyway, not only do we learn the importance of relationship in prayer, but in the presence of God is where we get dressed to win. That is where we get dressed to win, and that's what I would like us to to, to learn and, and to get into the Word of God today and to discover the importance of the way that God sees you and I, and the importance of being in our position in the secret place of the Most High. It's where we get dressed to win in life, win in our families, win in our businesses, win in our careers, our callings, our assignments, our destiny. In the dwelling place of the Most High, we get dressed to win. That's right. We get dressed to win. We get dressed to win. We get dressed to win. In the presence of God, Amen. God expects us to dress appropriately. Amen. Psalms 91, verse 1, it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Of the Almighty. I like that, don't you? Of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God, and in Him I will trust. Verse 1 again He who dwells, he who dwells, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide. In the Amplified, it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, say Most High, shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no foe can withstand. Whose power no folk can withstand in the shadow of the Almighty. You know, I, I, I see a shadow on me right here, and no matter where I go, my shadow is going. And so, in order for us to abide in the shadow of the Almighty, if He goes left, we go left. If He goes forward, we go forward. If He backs up, we back up. If He goes to the right, we go to the right. In order to abide under the shadow of the Almighty, the shadow that talks about relationship, intimacy. That's good. Come on. In his shadow, yes. no foe can withstand. That's, right. Right. That's, That's not just for the churchgoer. That's right. That's a good place to start. It's for those who abide under the shadow of the Almighty. There's no Power of the enemy that can withstand, because greater is he that 's in you than he that 's in the world now go with me to Ephesians chapter six, and I 'm going to read through verses uh, ten through eighteen Ephesians chapter six of uh, the new King James Version, and then I want to go back and pull some things out Ephesians chapter six verse ten it says finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might now Remember, in the presence of the Almighty is where we get dressed to win. Say, dressed to win. win. Verse 11, it says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And he says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Very interesting that he would start in verse 10 with the words, finally, my brethren. Now, when Paul is writing and he's using these words, he's doing it on purpose, inspired by the Spirit of God. And and it's interesting that he gets to the end of uh, of chapter, uh, of the book of Ephesians and starts chapter 6. And he says, now finally... Finally, the word finally there means, in other words, it's very good. The church at Ephesus was the powerhouse of the day. The church of Ephesus, I mean, the gifts of the Spirit, the power of God. You know, Paul started the church. He he stayed there three years. He taught, he preached, he ministered, he equipped. It it was an outreaching church. This church was phenomenal. And in Ephesians chapter 1... He begins to talk about predestination. and In Ephesians chapter 2, he talks about the grace of God. Ephesians chapter 3, Ephesians 4, he talks about the structure of the church, the apostle prophet. Uh, pastor, teacher, evangelist. He talks about authority. He talks about honoring our boss, honoring one another. He talks about the structure of the home. He talks about all these important things, but then he gets to chapter 6, and he says, but finally, in other words, it's important that you learn all these doctrinal truths that are life-changing, but he said, finally, in other words, these things are good, but if you just leave them in your head, they're not going to do you as much good as taking them from your head to your heart. So he uses the word finally, Finally, in other words, that's good that you've learned all this. But if you um, want to pay attention, this is, this is very, very important. Finally, in other words, if you haven't heard or haven't got the revelation of all these other things, right here you need to perk your ears up. And he who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. He says, finally, you got to get this. Finally, my brethren. Now the words, my brethren in the Greek comes from like where there's two twins inside of a womb. Paul uses this this word very strategically because during this time Alexander the great he was the warrior of the time and he was a tail kicker and by the age of 18 he was he was possessing kingdoms by the age of 30 he had he had uh, taken rulership of almost all the known world at the time and what would happen during this time is that leaders in uh, the armies would would watch and they would identify people that Alexander the Great would want to connect himself with. And what they would do is throughout the years, throughout the year, they would build stages like this and they would bring all the different soldiers together and they would identify the men that thought like Alexander the Great. This guy didn't think lose, he thought win. He thought like a tail kicker. He believed like a tail kicker. He walked like a tail kicker. When he walked into the room, things changed because he knew who he was and where he was going. And these commanders in the army, they would, they would identify these men that on the battlefield, losing never crossed their mind. Defeat never crossed their mind. Whenever the battle cry went out, they were the first ones out of the gate. They were the first ones charging the enemy. And they would pull them up on stage. And Alexander, and this was one of the greatest, um, greatest rewards that a soldier could have would be to be identified by Alexander the Great. And so they would pull him up on stage, and Alexander the Great would put his arm around them and say, My brethren. In other words, he was saying, I don't think lose, he doesn't think lose. I don't think defeat, he doesn't think defeat. When I step on the battlefield, there's only one thing on my mind that's to finish my assignment I was sent to do. My brethren. And Paul is identifying to you and I out of the same words, saying the same way that I overcome sickness is the same way you overcome sickness. The same way you overcome poverty is the same way I overcome poverty. The same way you don't think I don't think lose. You don't think lose. He's identifying with you and I saying, my brethren. In other words, he's saying, change the way you see yourself. My brethren, he's saying, identify With the greater one on the inside of us. Identify with who we are in Christ Jesus. Identify with the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. Identify, my brethren. So the Spirit of God is pulling us all together this morning. Up on stage. And he's wrapping his arm around you and I. Saying, change the way you see yourself. My brethren. So he says, finally, after all this these things that you've learned and all these things that you've heard, it's very important that you see yourself correctly. He says, finally, 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 my brethren, be strong. Be strong. Be strong in who? Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the secret place of the Most High. Be strong in the Lord and the power Now these words that he's using, uh, the word power comes from exousia, the word strength. It represents a man that is of strong muscle. In other words, God backing up what he said he would do. He's saying be strong in the same power that raised Christ from the dead is the same power that God wants to be strong in you and strong in I. This word strength there, it, it, it paints the picture of a vessel. It's, it's, it's a power that's only referred to God, that this power has to have a vessel to fill and a vessel to flow through in order for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. He says, now you be strong in the power of his might. You be strong in him. You be that container. Now when he's writing this, this is the strongest authoritative voice in the Greek writing. He's not suggesting to the church, if you get around to it, I think it would be a good idea if you were strong. No, he was saying, listen, finally, my brethren, we don't think lose anymore. We don't think sick anymore. We don't think lack anymore. We don't think defeat anymore. Finally, my brethren, in other words, get a hold to yourself, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, the same power that could, the same power, picture this, the same power, if we were there on the day of resurrection. The same power that consumed every fiber of Jesus' being. The same fiber, the same power that raised him from the dead. Death could no longer hold him because this power raised him from the dead. This is the same power that Paul is talking about. And he says this, this power, this, this might, this strength is referring the same arm and the hand of God that flung galaxies into distance, the, into, into existence. The same arm and same hand that created the stars. The same arm and the same hand that held back the Red Sea. The same arm and the same hand that, that delivered Jesus from the dead. This same arm and same hand is the same arm and hand that's going to back you and I up. He says, but you've got to be strong in the Lord and in the power Of His might. Of His strength. Verse 11. And He says, put on the whole armor of God. Now, in in the presence of the Most High, in the secret place of the Most High, we get dressed to win. And He says right here in verse 11, put on the whole armor of God. Not part of the armor. The whole armor armor of God comes from a Greek word panoplia, which means all of the armor. Now picture what had happened here. Paul, he is connected to a Roman soldier in prison whenever the Holy Spirit starts to reveal to him a spiritual truth as he's looking at this soldier. He says, put on the whole armor of God. The Holy Spirit begins to reveal to him what you and I have spiritually by looking at this soldier that he was attached to. And he says, don't you leave anything out. Remember, in the secret place, you get dressed to win. And Paul starts to describe what we should be dressed in. He says, put on the whole armor of God. The whole armor of God. Now he skips down in verse 13. Therefore, and I'll go back and pick up here in a minute, verse 11 and 12. But verse 13, he says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Having done all to stand, stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth... Now picture this. Paul attached to this Roman soldier... And he, and he's telling him, you put on the whole armor of God and, and the reason you have on this armor is because it will empower you to stand. The word stand comes from a Greek word, steneia, which it's a picture of a Roman soldier with his shoulders back and his head held high and he's watching over the field that he's called to, the place that he's called to and he has spikes in the bottom of his shoes and he has the ability to stand and whenever he looks, he looks with victory. Whenever he thinks about the area he's called to, he thinks victory. Whenever he steps towards that 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 field he's called to, he's stepping in victory. And Paul is saying, you and I stand with your shoulders back. It's an honor to be in the army of God. Stand with your head up because you know who you are and who's backing you. See, these Roman soldiers, they didn't, they didn't just walk around with bless the Lord. You know, I was in training the other day and they told me I kicked hell. They were honored. They were honored. And when they stood, Mm -hmm. they stood in a stance of victory because they knew that if they couldn't by themselves defeat the enemy, they had a government that backed them up, that no matter who they faced, they won. And Paul is saying, you stand the same way. Don't you stand slumped over. Well, bless the Lord. I love Jesus. He says, no, you put that head up high. Because you know who you are in Him. You know who you serve. You know the way He looks at you. Remember, my brethren. I'm identifying with you. And you're identifying with me. And then He starts now, if you go into somebody's house or somebody's, you know, you go out to eat with somebody and they're dressed nice, you don't say, man, baby, did you see Vic's belt today? <laughs> As a guy, anyway, you know, I'd say, man, look at that tie, look at that jacket. Well, that's sharp, you know. But notice, what does Paul start with? The belt of truth. Now, now picture this. Whenever you come into the, to the Roman army, it just wasn't a one-size-fits-all equipment Whenever you came into the Roman army, they measured your head, they measured your legs, they measured your body, they measured your hands, they measured everything because you had weapons that were designed specifically for you, for your built, for your calling, for your assignment, for where you were in the army. When you come into the family of God, it isn't a one size fits all. Yes, we're all dealt the measure of faith, but your shield is built exactly the the right height for you your 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 swords are built for your hands, your feet are built for your feet, your breastplate is built for you because you are you, and you have an assignment, you have a purpose, you have a calling, and you are standing looking at that field you are called to dress to win and so whenever whenever god whenever you come into the family of God and God issues. Us the helmet of salvation... ...not only does He hand you the helmet... ...He's going to explain to you... ...how to use the helmet. Yeah. Not only is He going to hand you the shield... ...He wants to show you how to use yeah. the shield. Yeah. Not only is He going to hand you the sword... ...He wants to show you how to use the sword. Not only is He going to hand you the shoes of peace... ...He wants to show you how to walk in those shoes. Not only is He going to hand you the lances... ...He's going to show you how to use the lances. Not only is He going to sh- give you a belt... ...He's going to show you how to use the belt. So when you come into the family of God, let's picture all these things. Now, God is a God of purpose. And whenever God gave you the helmet and the shield and the breastplate and all the armor, He just didn't give it to you and say, well, I hope you make it. No, when He gave you the helmet... He expected us to wear it, knowing we're going to win. When he gave us the breastplate of righteousness, he expected us to wear it, knowing we're going to win. When he gave us the shoes, he ex- gave it to us, expecting that we're going to win. When he gave us all the armor, he gave it to us, expecting us to win. That's right, amen. And he starts. He's pictured. He, he's tied to this Roman soldier, and he starts with the belt of truth. Why would he start with the belt of truth? Now, did you notice that the belt of truth is the only piece of the armor that you and I can see? You can't see the helmet, you can't see the breastplate, you can't see the shoes, you can't see the sword, uh, the, the rhema word of God necessarily. You can't see these things, but this is the only piece of the equipment that came from the spiritual into the natural. Now, now why, why is that? Because the belt of truth held everything else together. That if our life isn't built... On the truth, what happens? What happens if you take your belt off? And I don't care how starch they are, I know we're in Texas here, and I have some pants that they can stand up by themselves. <laughs> But if you're outside and you're doing what you're created to do and you're sweating and you're working and you're moving and you're, 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 you're going and eventually they're going to begin to loosen up and instead of you moving fast and precise, doing what you're created to do, you're going to begin to spread those legs out a little bit to hold those pants up. Right, Your shirt's going to start to come untucked. Why? Because you don't have your belt on. Your pants are getting a little baggy. You know you've seen the people that walk around with their tail end hanging out? They can't move very fast. They might be looking cool, but they ain't not moving very fast. Because, see, when you and I don't, don't have our life, our belt on... Our life in the Word of God based on the Word of God your shirt tail begins to untuck a little bit and your pants start to move a little bit. You start to have to spread it out to hold your britches up. You can't move real confident and you can't move real precise. Why? Because you don't have your belt on. The belt held the breastplate in place. And if the belt wasn't on, they'd begin to run and that that breastplate would begin to flap and eventually come off. If they didn't have their belt of truth on, they didn't have a place for their shield of faith to connect to or their sword of spirit to connect to or their lances to connect to. They could be in battle, but there was no confidence because they knew things would eventually come apart if they didn't keep their belt on. If you and I don't keep our belt on, eventually you're going to lose that sense of righteousness. You're going to lose that sense of peace. You're going to lose that sense of faith and confidence in God. I didn't say you'd lose your salvation, but the sense of righteousness, the authority as a believer, the name of Jesus, the power of God. If you don't have your belt on, you can't move precise and on purpose and quickly and swiftly. Because your belt is off. Paul started, he says, because if your belt is in place, if the word of God is priority in your life, you're going to keep everything else in the, in the, in the position that it belongs. You're going to keep that sense of righteousness on the inside of you you're going to keep that sense of peace you could walk through hell but you stay in peace you could keep your swords sharp because you have your belt of truth on this belt of truth also it covered the reproductive organs letting us know that if you're wanting to reproduce the will of God on earth as it is in heaven, if you're wanting to be all that God has called and created you to be, if you're wanting to give birth, if you're wanting to be fertile, if you're wanting to get everything that God has placed on the inside of you to the outside, it's going to be connected to the belt of truth. It protects, protects your reproductive organs in the spiritual realm. Now remember, remember Paul is saying, come on, my brethren, you've got to start seeing yourself differently. You've got to start seeing yourself that you think when, believe when, talk when, walk when, act when, stand. You're putting on all of the armor. You're not just showing up with your helmet on. Well, bless God. <laughs> Nothing but a smile on. That will hurt. You're not just showing up with your shoes of peace on. Well, bless God, I'm here. No, he says, put, put it all on. Say, put it all on. How's your belt? Well, you know, preacher, pastor Justin, he sure preaches good. So I think I I know that I need to put my belt on today, but I think I'm going to wait till Sunday because he sure feeds me good and I'll put it on then. And you come in here and you receive and Monday morning shows up and you know that you should put your belt on before you ever go out into the world because it's keeping your sense of righteousness it's keeping a place for your faith to be connected to it's keeping a place for your sword to be connected to but you think well I'm going to come Wednesday that'd be like me if I showed up at my mom and dad's house I'm in my 40's now laying there the alarm goes off mom dad we you dress me I can just see my dad's eyebrow raise up. Will you, will you put on my belt? Will you put on my, my breastplate? Will you, will you put on my helmet? Will you put on my underwear? Will you put on, boy? <laughs> They're probably watching. I can just tell them that one. I don't think so. Now, we all laugh, but that's what we do when we just save putting on our belt of truth and we leave, leave it up to the ministry to please dress me. If you've taken your belt off, I want to encourage you to put it back on today. He goes on in verse 14. He says, Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. These breastplates, they went from the bottom of the chin all the way down to the top of the legs. And he says, put on the breastplate of righteousness. It covered the front and the back. And what would happen is these soldiers, they would—that this was the heaviest part of their armor. And now remember, he said, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Why would we have to be strong? Because in order for the Roman soldiers to carry the armor through battle, they had to be strong. Now they had the mentality, whenever a, a, a commanding officer would give them a command... It would trigger something in their attitude. Because a commanding officer would tell them that it's better for you to die on the battlefield than for you to come back and tell me that the enemy has won. And instantly when they come in to the Roman army, they had a different mentality because they started training their mind, they started training their body to win. In the family of God, when we come into the family of God, we instantly should realize that we've been delivered from the power of darkness, brought into the kingdom of Jesus Christ, and now train your mind to win. To think when you're a believer. All your heart knows how to do is produce, just like the picture that Pastor showed us up there. All your heart knows how to do is produce the right seeds. Begin to sow seeds of wind. Begin to sow seeds of healing. Begin to sow seeds of prosperity. Begin to sow seeds of forgiveness. Begin to sow the right seed so you can have the right harvest. And we would have a, a different mentality that I will go where God has called me to go. Remember, you're, you're standing there, standing, standing, shoulders back, head up, thinking when, believing when, seeing when, acting when, declaring when, because you are my brethren. I've seen them in some intense battles and there's no back off in them. I've seen, in the, seen them in fights for their life, but they don't quit declaring that they're healed by the stripes of Jesus. God promises me long life. They don't back off, say there's no back off in me. See, this breastplate, the more they wore it, the more it shined. The more you you realize that, that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, the more confidence you have. Once again, picture this Roman soldier. They were issued this breastplate by the government, and then they told them, they, they assigned them an assignment, and they stood there, and they worked on their mind, they worked on their body. When they went into battle, they were confident that they were going to win. See, when you know that you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, you can begin to stand with some confidence. Yes. that no devil in hell, no priest problem in life can take you down and having done all to stand, you are going to stand your ground because you know you belong in the presence of God. You know that your prayers will be answered. That his eyes are over the righteous and his ears are open unto your cry and you have a confidence that I belong in the presence of God. I belong in the army of God and if I can't take this out by myself I know that the government that put me in this situation will back me up. All I know is when he said you put on that breastplate That breastplate of righteousness. Remember, go back to the to the belt. The belt holds the breastplate in place. The more you keep your belt on, the more understanding you know you have of how to operate in your righteousness. Do you have your breastplate on? Remember in the secret place of the most high, in your position, you're getting dressed to win. Not just on Sunday, not just on Wednesday. But every day of our life. Amen. And in verse 14, he says, and put on the breastplate of righteousness. Verse 15, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, when they come in to this, to the to the, to the Roman army, they would measure their legs, and, and there were two parts to the shoes of peace. They had um, one part was called the greaves, and it would sit on the top part of the shoe, and it was it would totally wrap. Their legs, it went right above their knees there. And the reason that they had the metal, the bronze or metal around their legs is because on their assignments, there were going to be times that if they didn't have their legs covered, that the thorns that they would have to go through, the thorny places in life would rip their legs to shreds. And if they stepped onto the battlefield and the enemy spotted their legs, the things they stood on to be bleeding, to be weak, to be maimed, they would immediately go after their head because they knew that if their legs were weak they could take them out. And if they got through the thorny places... Then sometimes a the commanding officer would send them on assignments to go through rocky places because they had an assignment at a different place and these greaves would protect them wherever they went. So sometimes you go through thorny places in life, but if you are in the secret place of the most high, you are dressed to win. And even though it might be scratching at what you're standing on and the thorns ripping away of you you keep stepping and you keep stepping on purpose because you're only thinking win, you're only believing win, you're only declaring win. That's who you are. My brethren, you are dressed in the secret place. Now, on the bottom of these shoes, some of the spikes, they were an inch long. Some of them were three inches long. And the reason they had different spikes was for different assignments. But these long spikes, whenever they were were, um, out on the battlefield, they they would put these spikes deep in the ground to hold their stance. And if the enemy came running after them and would rise up and just let them hold at one time, they might come back, but because they had their shoes planted in the ground, they were going to come back and they were going to come back with a vengeance. They were going to come back with authority. They were going to come back with who they were and who was backing them. See Isaiah 26 verse 3, it says, Those who keep their minds set upon Him, they live in perfect peace. Colossians chapter 3, verses 15 and 16. If, I think you have that. If you would, go ahead. You can look over there real quick. Hold your place. Say, thank God for the word. Verse 15 says, and let the peace of God, verse, chapter 3, verse 15, let the peace of God rule in your heart. To which also you were called in one body and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, admonition, um, admonishing one another. In Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Notice verse 15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. How do I let the peace of God rule in my heart? The word rule is the same word there for umpire an umpire helps call the shots. Uh, The umpire helps determine the winner. It says, let the peace of God rule in your heart. How do I do that? By letting the word of Christ. Christ dwell in me richly. So picture you've come into the to the family of God. You've come into the kingdom of God, and now you no longer have a mentality of losing. You no longer have a mentality of sickness or lack, or I'm just an old worm. I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. No, remember you're made the righteousness of God in Him. Remember He who knew no sin was made sin, so that you might be made the righteousness of God in Him. You're righteous because of Jesus. You're not standing in your armor. Paul says you put on the armor of 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 God. When the devil looks at you, he don't look at you. You know who he sees? He sees God. And God is issuing this armor. He says, you're in the secret place. See the shadow? I'm moving here. You're moving there. I'm moving here. You're moving there. I'm going here. You're going there. You're in the shadow of the Almighty. You're dressing to win. And now you're standing with a sense of righteousness because you know you belong on the winning side. You belong in the presence of God. You belong. You belong. Amen. You have your belt on tight. And when you step, it's on purpose. When you go here, it's with authority. When you go somewhere, you have those spikes. Deep into the ground, you're standing your ground. And you might be moving slowly, but you're moving and you're moving on purpose. Yes. How's your peace? I'm not talking about there's, there's two different types of peace. There's peace with God that we get whenever we accept Jesus as our lord and savior right we're at peace with god uh-huh. but then every one of us desire the peace of god amen peace of god how how, how do how do i live in the peace of god yes. it says let the word of christ dwell in me richly richly Luxuriously, When you look at that in the Greek, it says, Let the word of Christ make its home in you with luxurious living. I'm going to let the word, I'm going to let it just be so welcome in my life that no matter what I'm going through, I know I win. I'm going to let it be so welcome that it has its home in me. It goes in this room, oh, it feels at home. It goes in this room, oh, it feels at home. It goes in this, the main part of the house, it feels at home. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. So how's your belt? How's your breastplate of righteousness? You belong in the presence of God. I don't care what you did even last night. If you're a born again child of God, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You keep stepping. You keep stepping. How's your shoes? Are they, are they on tight? This wasn't, you know, did you ever wear your dad's boots or whenever you was a little kid and you get on, you know, and you had these big old boots and you couldn't, couldn't run? This isn't the type of shoe that it's talking It's talking about a shoe that fits you. A shoe that fits you tightly. So when you step, you're firm footed, shod with preparation. That's what preparation means that you're prepared. You step with firm footed stability in Christ Jesus. You're stepping firm. You're stepping firm. You're stepping with a knowing. You're stepping with an assurance that God is for you, and not against you. You're stepping with a knowing. A knowing. A knowing, you're stepping with a knowing when you get up on Monday morning and you go to that hospital or you go to your workplace or you go to that construction sh- site. You're stepping with a knowing that you belong here, a knowing that you win, that a knowing that you're going to flourish and thrive and expand and grow. A knowing, say a knowing. knowing. How's your peace? Verse 16, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Very interesting that he uses this here. Above all doesn't mean that it is the most important thing. It means that faith is designed to cover every area of your life. When they came in to the Roman army, they were measured for their height, their width. And these shields were made of like six layers of animal skin. And they were so strong, but they they fit you just like your faith fits you to fulfill your assignment above all, above all lifting faith, above all. Faith doesn't belong at your side. Faith doesn't belong behind you. Faith belongs out in front of you above all faith belongs lifting it up over every other piece of armor above all is your faith in front of you believing God above all in front in front whatever it is it's you have the faith you need to pray for your family you have the faith you need to fulfill your assignment you have the faith you need to go where God has called you to go you have the faith that you need to do what God has called you to do I don't have your shield and you don't have mine you have yours but the good thing is, is that if I need help, these, these shields of faith had hinges on the side. And if I needed help, I could get up next to Vic and connect. And I could get up next to Pastor Rick and I could connect. And now it's not one shield going across the land. We have the body of Christ taking back what is ours in Jesus' name. See, these shields were designed specifically for them. and they, it, 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 and, and this was a mentality. This was a habit of the soldiers that wanted to live a long time, is every morning when they would get up, they would would reach for their vial of oil. And they'd begin to rub their shield with oil. Because if they didn't rub these animal hides with oil, when they got into battle, they would be hard and they would be brittle. And as soon as there was pressure applied to the shield, it would obliterate. So if they wanted to live a long time and they wanted to be a my brethren, it was a habit. They'd get up in the morning and they would get their shield of of faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And they would begin to rub their faith with the oil that kept it usable and kept it pliable and so whenever pressure came or whenever it's time to go into battle, they didn't try to get ready. Remember, they were prepared. And before they went on the battlefield, not only did they have their shield of faith rubbed down with oil, they would dip it in water. Why would they dip it in water? What does the word represent? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26. Pastor quoted it a while ago. That our lives are cleansed by the washing of the water of the word. See, they would not only rub their shield in the oil, but they would dip it in water. So when they ran out onto the battlefield, they would lift it up, and because it was soaked in oil and soaked in water, when the fiery dart would hit it, it would put it out. How is your shield of faith? Do you have it lifted above your assignment? Do you have it lifted above your family? Do you have it lifted above your finances? Do you have it lifted above your physical body? Above all, taking, letting us know that it's our choice. We can either take it or we can either lay it down. And sometimes life happens to every single one of us and we have a choice. Either I'm going to keep it up or I'm going to lay it down. I'm going to keep my belt on or I'm going to take my belt off. I'm going to put my press plate on. I'm going to take it off. I'm going to keep my shoes on or I'm going to take it off. But in the secret place of the Most High, you don't even think about leaving your belt off. You don't even think about leaving your shoes off. You don't even think about leaving your shield down. Above all, you're taking the shield of faith. That's rubbed with oil and it's soaked in the water of the Word of God. Now the darts that he's talking about, there are three different types of darts during this time. Three different types of arrows. The first arrow, just like an arrow that you and I would shoot when we're hunting or something like that, and and yeah, it would hurt, but it wouldn't cause the big ruckus that that, that Paul's talking about. The second type of arrow, they would they would dip it in tar and they would light it on fire and whoo, and here it would come. You could see it coming. Oh man, everybody would scatter. You know. But the type of arrow that he was talking about, the type of dart, it looked like just a normal arrow, but the shaft was filled with combustible fluid. So they would watch it. Oh, yeah, here it comes. And the next thing you know, boom, it was the bomb of the day. And Paul is saying, if you will keep your shield of faith up, and you will keep your shield anointed with oil, and you will keep it soaked in the water of the word, that whenever that dark comes, comes to kill, steal, and destroy. See, that when the, when the devil shoots an arrow at you, it isn't just to hurt you. It is to take you out. Where, where, where does he shoot the arrow? Where, what is he aiming for? He's aiming for your mind. He's aiming for your heart. He's aiming for your your family. He's aiming for your finances. He's aiming for your calling. He's aiming for your destiny. But above all, I'm keeping my faith out in front. Above all, I'm keeping it anointed in the oil of the Spirit of God. I'm keeping it soaked in the water. Above all, it quenches. Puts out every, every. Not, well, you win some, you lose some. Blessed be the name of the Lord. No, Paul says every, every fiery dart, every one, say every one, every fiery dart. How's your shield? Some of you, you've set your shield to the side because maybe you started believing God for finances and it didn't work out the way that you thought it should work out or you started believing God for physical healing and it didn't work out the way that in your mind you had it all worked out or you started believing God for something and it didn't work out and so you, you set your shield wow. down or maybe you quit rubbing it with oil and now you're trying to live off of what you heard 10 years ago yeah. and your shield is brittle and there's little cracks in it And if that's you, Psalms 92.10, you need to get back before the anointer himself. He says, I will anoint you with fresh oil. The word anoint there comes from a word cryo, which means just like a a, a doctor. He would come in and a patient had sore muscles and stuff and they would pour oil all over his hands and he'd begin to rub that area that was sore with oil and he would rub the soreness out. And maybe you've believed God for whatever it is. And you need to come back before the anointer himself. His hands are dripping with oil. And he wants to rub it back into your mind. So you begin to think when. He wants to rub it back into your heart. So you begin to believe when again. He wants to rub your faith down again. So you lift that shield up again. He wants to help you tie your shoes a little bit tighter. So every step you take, it is anointed. Every word that comes out of your mouth, it is anointed. Whenever you think, you think anointed. You think win. Because you're abiding in the secret place and you're dressing to win. You know that's what your future looks like. Verse 17. And take the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation. Take, word take in the New Testament is translated receive forty different times. You have to receive the helmet of salvation. God isn't going to hold you down in the headlock and ew, ew, ew. now remember you come in to the family of God and He has a shield that's designed just for you. And he has shoes designed just for you. And he has a breastplate designed just for you. And he has a belt that is, is your size. And he has a helmet. Kind of like the scenario of putting on dad's hat again. You know, you turn this way, but it's still facing this way because it's too big. No, he has a helmet that he wants to fit you perfectly. You don't want to show up in the battle of life without your helmet on. These helmets, they, they, they were the most elaborate piece of armor. Whenever they, these Roman soldiers would walk into the room, they would have plumes of hair or feathers and they would stick up. And everybody, it was just hard to not notice them. Just like whenever somebody realizes who they are in Christ Jesus, they look different, they walk different, they talk different, they act different. Salvation is hard not to notice when a person has their helmet wrapped tightly around their head. These helmets, it would guard their cheeks, and it would guard their face, and it would come down over their shoulders, and it would protect them because the enemy was coming with a battle axe. And if they didn't have their helmet securely tied, that axe would hit, hit them and take their head right off. And that's exactly what the enemy wants to do to you and I. Take our head right off. Take our thinking right ride off. He wants to keep hitting away at your thinking so you don't believe that it's God's will to prosper you anymore. He wants to keep hitting away at your thinking that you don't believe that the gifts of the spirit of this are for today. He wants to keep hitting away at your belief system that God doesn't deliver anymore, that God doesn't heal anymore, that God doesn't prosper anymore. Whatever. It is. He wants to keep hitting away at your head until all you believe is, well, bless God, I'm going to heaven. That's great that we're going to heaven. That is the main thing. But bless God, we don't have to live in hell on earth. Right? He says, now take the helmet of salvation. 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 it means healing. Salvation means soundness. Salvation means provision. Soundness means deliverance from evil. Soundness, put your helmet on and keep the Scripture, the Word of God, tightly around your thinking of the way that God thinks about your body, the way God thinks about your destiny, the way God thinks about your family, the way God thinks about your future, the way God thinks about you. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, it says, God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound Sound mind. You know the word sound mind there means saved mind. How would your mind think if you thought saved? Saved mind. Saved doesn't just mean heaven. Saved means healed mind. Saved means blessed mind. Saved means victorious mind. How does a saved mind think? It means saved from all acts of the curse. I'm in the family of God and I'm dressed to win. That's the way a sound mind thinks. That I don't know how this is all going to turn out, but I do know some things. I know that my God is faithful. I know the word never returns void. I know that God always watches over his word to perform it. You know some things. You're in the family of God. You have the shield of faith. You have the right shoes. You have the right belt. You have the right helmet. You have what it takes. You have what it takes. You have what it takes. He said, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able. That you may be able. That you may be able. You may be able to be who God's called you to be. You may be able to go where God has called you to go. You may be able to live in victory. You may be able to live in the redemption work of Jesus. You may be able. You may be able to overcome. You may be able to conquer. You may be able to live victorious. You may be able. Say, I may be able. You may be able. You're able. You're able. You're able. I don't care what you're facing right now, you're able to win. I don't care what the doctor said, you're able to win. <clears throat> it doesn't matter what your boss has said, you're able to win. It doesn't matter what your family has said, you're able to win. doesn't matter what your friends have said, you're able. You're able to be who God has called and created you to be. Will the real you come alive? Will the real you realize, my brethren, that you're not created to lose? You think when, believe when, speak when, walk when, talk when, you're able, you're able. You're able to be everything God has called and created you to be, you're able. You're able. And I can hear some of your thoughts. Well, you just don't know what I'm going through. Shut that up. You're able. You can sit there on your backside if you want to and keep getting the crud kicked out of you, or you can get a hold to yourself and realize whose family you're in. And realize who's in you. You're able. But you're the only one that can get a hold to yourself and start looking in that mirror. You're able to get over that that, that, that messed up workplace. You're able. 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 You need to look in the mirror in the morning and you look at yourself and you say, I'm able. I'm able. I'm able to be everything God has called me to be. I'm able to do everything God has called me to do. I'm able to go everywhere God has called me to go. I'm able. I'm able. I'm able. I got my helmet on. I'm able. I got my shoes on and I'm able. I got my breastplate on and I'm able. I, I, I got my belt on I'm able. I'm able. Say, so I'm able. I'm able. <clears throat> Verse 17, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, the sword he's referring to here, it, it, was, it was a sword that was up close and personal. They had different different types of swords and different sizes of swords, and, and they would work out with bigger swords because it would it would build up their shoulders and it would build up their arms. So whenever they got in battle, they were strong. But the sword that Paul's talking about, he's he's talking about a specifically designed sword that's designed for up close personal conflict. These swords are about 19 inches long, and at the end of it, the tip would would pick up like that. So whenever they stuck it in the enemy, they would lift up. They weren't playing. But how, how do I get the sword of the Spirit? Remember, it's designed to fit your hand. This is, this is a quickened word from God. This is a word specifically spoke to you in due season. That you feel like all hell has come against you. But because you have your belt of truth on. The Logos word of God. And you're familiar with the Logos word of God. The written word of God. It's normal for you to think that God supplies all your needs. It's normal for you to think that God already sent his word. And healed every manner of sickness. It's normal for you to think that I'm going to obey God. It's normal for you to praise. It's normal for you to worship. You have your belt on It's normal now because this is a part of your life. Now he can quicken this word. And now you have a specific word. But a lot of times we want a specific word. Do you know that this specific word on their belt, there was a place for this sword to hang? So if you don't have your belt of truth on, there's no way, no place for the specific word to come from. Now, don't get me wrong, God is merciful and God is gracious and there are times that God is just so good to us all the time, right? But if you want the word to come alive and a quickened word for up close and personal combat, you've got to have your belt on because that's where the quickened word comes from. In the secret place of the Most High, you're dressed to win. Now now why is this and we're getting ready to be done why, why? Would you come into the family of God? And why would God give you a helmet? And why would God give you a breastplate? And why would God give you a shield of faith? And why would God give you shoes? And why would God give you lances? Lances, they had different sizes of lances. and, And this is referred to about prayer. That there's different types of prayer. These lances, they would launch from a distance to take out the enemy before it got up close and personal. And that's what prayer is designed to do. That from, because you're abiding in the secret place of the Most High... You know what's on the heart of God. You have your belt of truth on that quickened word. You can pray out the word of God. You can pray out the will of God. And it's hitting the enemy from a distance. But when you come into the family of God, why would God give you all these things? Because he believes that you have what it takes to win. Why would he give you this? Go back to verse 11. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 11. Like I said, we're getting ready to be done. Say I'm glad I came today. today. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able. So I'm able to stand against the wiles of the devil. To stand against the wiles of the devil. Why do you have on the whole armor of God? To stand against the wiles of the devil. Why do you have on the whole armor of God? To stand against the wiles... Of the devil, what the heck is a wiles? <laughs> that's not something you and I use every day, right? This word wiles in the Greeks comes from two word, um, but it's combined. It's methodis. and what it means is that there, it's where we odus is where we get our our word odometer that's in your car, and meta means method. So Paul is saying you have on the armor of God to stand against the method of the devil. And this method, odos, is that there is a road and a road always travels somewhere. Where is the road that the devil travels on? Where is it located? Where is it headed? It's headed towards your mind. Because the devil knows whoever gets the mind gets the life. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11, as <clears throat> Paul says, don't be ignorant of the devil's devices. The word devices means mind games. So Paul is saying that there is a road headed somewhere, and on this road there are mind games. And it paints the picture of the devil being crafty and cunning. And these ideas and these thoughts, they are designed... The wiles of the devil, the word devil, diablos, comes from two words, dia and balos. Dia means to throw continually. Balos means to throw like a rock or a ball. In other words, he's going to travel on this road and he's going to throw the negative thoughts and the thoughts that come from him over and over and over until it penetrates your thinking. Because once he penetrates your thinking, then you begin to believe the thoughts that you're having. Over and over. You, you remember in First Samuel 17 when David and Goliath, and the Bible said he come out in morning. Goliath came out in the morning, and he came out in evening. And I defy you, who I defy the armies of Israel, morning and evening for 40 days, morning and evening for 40 days. Isn't that what the devil does? You're gonna die. You're going to die. Every time you see something, you're going to die. Or or that same thing that killed your dad is going to kill you. The same way that killed your mom is going to kill you over and over. The devil, the wiles of the devil. He's taking that thought and he's throwing it over and over. Your marriage isn't going to make it. Your finances are going to collapse over and over. This is the wiles of the devil. This is the method. This is what he's doing on this road. And he's headed towards here. But Paul says, you've got what it takes. To shut him down. You've got that helmet on. And he can sit here and he can pound away all that he wants to. But because you have your helmet screwed tightly on your head. And you know who you are in Christ Jesus. And he comes and he tries to penetrate. And he tries to penetrate. And he tries to penetrate. But he can't penetrate. Why? Because you're dressed to win. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. This is why Paul writes to us 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 4. He says, For the weapons of our warfare, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. For the weapons, what weapons? Our helmet. What weapons? Our shield. What weapons? Our breastplate. What weapons? Our shoes. What weapons? Our belt of truth. What weapons? Our sword of the Spirit. What weapons? Our lance. Our weapons of our warfare. This word warfare painted the picture of of a soldier who... They thought when, they believe when, they talk when such a degree, when the battle was on, they wanted on the front lines. They didn't want to be on the back lines. And well, bless God, I hope I don't get hit back here. No, this word warfare was they thought about overcoming. They believed they had what it took. They saw it in their eyes. They saw it in their heart. He says, the weapons that we have, all the equipment that comes from God, the weapons of our warfare, I belong on the front lines, possessing the the territory that the enemy has taken from my family. I belong on the front lines because I know I'm going to win. And the people behind me, they might not know it, but I know it. I know who's in me. I know who's behind me. I know where I'm going. He says, these weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. They're not carnal. He goes on and he says, but mighty in God for pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments, pulling down strongholds. The word strongholds means two different words. It means fortress and it also means prison. Prison. The enemy is traveling a road and whoever has the most access on this road is the one who will eventually, remember devil, over and over until he penetrates your thinking and whoever penetrates your thinking more gets to build the fortress. Whether that's God or whether that's the devil, whoever has the most access on that road to your mind gets to build the fortress. You know you can have a good fortress... But he says it's important for you to understand the wiles of the devil, the mind schemes of the devil, the way that he operates, and he's going to operate over and over and over again until you realize that you have what it takes to shut him down. A fortress would keep the enemy out, right? But it also means the word prison. What does a prison do? It keeps someone in. And that if you are raised in an environment, let's say with an alcoholic family or drug addiction or whatever it is, or it's a lot of negativity or a lot of doubt. You know, studies uh, say that by the time a kid is 18 years old, they've heard, no, you can't, 150,000 times. And and they say they've heard, yes, you can, 5,000. What is that building? A stronghold of you can't do it. Who do you think you are? You're not valuable enough. You don't have what it takes. That's not what God said. God says you have what it takes. You have what it takes. And this this fortress, what what fortress is built up in your mind? Because until I surrender my way of thinking to the Lord, I'm not going to be able to pull down the wrong strongholds and allow allow God to help me build up the right strongholds. So if you have a stronghold of you can't do it, or you have a stronghold, uh, another definition of stronghold means a, a concentrated view or a concentrated attitude, a concrete attitude. In other words, you see yourself defeated. That is the stronghold you have in your mind. You see yourself as an addict. You see yourself in poverty. You see yourself in sickness. That is the stronghold. I'm asking you To surrender that stronghold to the Lord and use your weapons to start pulling it down and start building up a new stronghold that you're in the family of God and you have what it takes. You think when, you believe when, you speak when, you talk when, you walk when, because that's who you're designed to be, a winner. The word stronghold, a, a prison. It, it holds a person in. You know, that, that, what, what does that look like? He goes on and it says, you need to make sure you cast down those arguments, the, the arguments that are going on. That's rational thinking and irrational thinking. You know, the, the rational thinking is that you're, you're wired, that you think everything through, and that's a good thing. You uh, do, do everything you can in the natural, but don't allow your rational way of thinking to talk you out of your destiny. That I can't do that because it doesn't make sense. I can't do that because it doesn't work on paper. I can't do that because mom and dad said I couldn't do it. I can't do that because the economy said I can't do that. It just doesn't make sense. Don't allow that way of thinking to talk you out of your future. The other, the other argument is irrational thinking. That the, the thoughts of fear. The thoughts of anxiety. That the enemy, remember, he's coming over and over again to try to get your thinking Try to penetrate your thinking. Try to bring down your thinking. Try to get you to receive those thoughts and build up the wrong strongholds. No, today we're going to surrender our thinking to the Lord and pull down wrong strongholds and build up right strongholds. And the real you is coming alive today. The real overcomer is coming alive today. And he goes on and he says, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Bringing every thought into captivity. And I'm just going to summarize this last part here. It's like a man who has a spear. That your thoughts, they're not going to give up very easily. It says you've got to take them captive. If you don't take your thoughts captive, your thoughts will take you captive. And you've got to be like somebody that puts a spear behind their back and says, "Uh, you wanted to go this way, but you're going to come this way. The word obedience means that I'm going to bring my thoughts, submit them to the word of the living God, and I'm going to make my mind think on victory. I'm going to make my mind think on health and healing. I'm going to make my mind. Now, this is only by the grace of God, but it says you've got to take your spear and make your thoughts line up with the word of the living God because you have what it takes. You're not designed to lose. You're not designed to live in sickness or curse or poverty or lack or defeat or destruction. You've got what it takes. You've made a decision. I'm abiding in the presence of the Most High. I'm dwelling in the presence of the Most High. And I'm dressing for success today. No longer am I thinking like I used to think. I've got a helmet. And there's a purpose for that helmet. And God believes that I have what it takes to win. I have a breastplate. There's a purpose for the breastplate. And I have what it takes. You 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 have what it takes. No matter where you're at in life, no matter what you're facing, you have what it takes to win. So this morning, if you've taken your belt off, what are we going to do? We're going to pick our belt back up. If you've laid your shield down, what are you going to do? You're going to pick your shield of faith back up. And you're going to start to anoint it with oil. And you're going to start to dip it in the water of the word again. If your shoes have been fitting too loose, your peace has gone. You're going to tighten your shoes back up again. And you're going to get to stepping. And you're going to get to stepping on purpose. You know, whenever they train the Roman soldiers, they, they, would, they would teach them to take short steps. And you could hear them coming for miles And they would teach them that if anybody falls down in your way, don't say, well, excuse me, could you get out of the way, please? They trained them, no, you step right over the top of them. They shouldn't have gotten your way in the first place and you keep going. The devil falls over in front of you. Sometimes we're too polite to the devil. Sometimes we're too polite to sickness, and we're too polite to lack, and we're too, too polite to the curse. No, you keep your shoes on, you're going somewhere, and you're headed to victory. That's where you're going, right? And you keep taking those short steps, and it says, the peace of God will crush Satan under your feet shortly. Word, shortly. Shortly crush means to demolish shortly because you know who you are and you know where you're going and you know what's on the inside of you and you don't even think losing anymore because if you need to connect your shield to the people beside you, you got the shield the people beside you, right? You got your helmet on, your shoulders are back, your head's up because you know you're dressed to win. You're dressed to win. Did you get something out of the word this morning? Hallelujah. Thank you, Father.